Welcome to the Church and Culture Podcast, a weekly discussion with Dr. James Emery White on the latest trends happening in culture and where and how the church should respond. Jim is the founding and senior pastor of Mecklenburg Community Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, president of Serious Times, a ministry devoted to exploring the intersection of faith and culture, a graduate school professor, a former seminary president, and the author of more than 20 books. I am your host, Alexis Dry, and I can't wait to dive into this week's conversation. All right. Thank you guys for joining us for this week's episode of the Church and Culture Podcast. I was reading the results of a recent Pew Research Center survey um, that showed that TikTok has recently surpassed Facebook and Instagram in its number of teen followers. And that is definitely shocking considering the fact that Facebook is the most popular social media platform worldwide. But what's even more shocking is that nearly 40% of the world's population uses Facebook. And that's only Facebook. So just from some preliminary research, I found that more than half of the entire world's population uses some form of social media, which of course begged this conversation because what a cultural force that must be thoughtfully considered from a Christian perspective. And um, quite selfishly, I thought this would be a really interesting conversation to have with you, Jim, considering how atypical our situation is regarding social media. People are going to be surprised by this, (laughs) but I know what you're going to (laughs) say. Essentially, what I mean by this is that Jim, who is a baby boomer, right? A baby boomer. A very young one. A young one. Okay. No, I mean, I just barely (laughs) kind of tip into that demographic, but go ahead. You are on various social media platforms like Instagram and Twitter. And I, who I'm a millennial and I was in college when Facebook was created. I'm not on social media at all. And so, and I'm, I'm pretty confident that Christian considerations were behind both your decision to engage and my decision not to. So I want to pick your brain on a Christian's presence on social media. Um, It's clear that um, you're on social media, but I want us to consider whether that is descriptive of your situation or prescriptive. So you ready to dive into this? Sure. Okay. Um, can you talk to me a little bit then about what went behind your thought process that made you decide to enter into the social media realm? Yeah, I mean, the more I began to see how social media was taking off and being used by so many people was becoming, you know, the language of commerce. I mean, I felt that, uh, first of all, as a leader, and I know not everybody's in a leadership position or of a, of, or leading a large number of people, but as a leader, it served I thought it was just important for me and would be helpful as a leader, um, as a way of communicating and, 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 and an extension of my leadership. Second reason is, is that I wanted to be salt and light in that venue uh, as, as a leader, as a communicator, as someone who cares very much about what little voice I might have having a positive impact in this world. I mean, and, and, and particularly, you know, in terms of how faith intersects culture and also in individual lives, I just felt like as a, as a missional reason, fault and light to be there. And then a third reason was, is that I'm a student of culture. And as a student of culture, I, I find social media really low hanging fruit in terms of having um, trends and, and what people are talking about and how they're talking about it and, and what's mattering, what's breaking right now. And so uh, for those three reasons, leadership, uh, mission, and learning, that was that was why I, I got on. Mm. 
Now, it's one thing for us to have our own purposes when we're engaging with social media, but I can't help but wonder if social media itself is a medium that is biased in its own regard. Like some people say that mediums are neutral. It's the way that you use them that determines either moral or immoral consequences. But do you think that that's the case with social media, that social media platforms are neutral? I don't think any medium is neutral. Uh, I, I, but I also don't feel like all mediums are nefarious and bad. I mean, and and I think when people say sometimes that mediums are not neutral, they always have. They're taking you to 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 feel that somehow it's going to be bad no matter what. The person who kind of put that into the playbook was Marshall McLuhan, who is a Canadian philosopher, and he was known for a phrase: "The medium is the message." He even did a later collection of essays, a lot of people don't know about, where he changed it a little bit and said, called it the medium is the massage. Um, but um, it's it's not neutral. And and the nature and type and what McLuhan, McLuhan's been misread by a lot of people, I, I feel, uh, even though he's essential to the study of media theory, I feel a lot of people quote him and that idea, but they haven't actually read him and they put stuff in his mouth or is thinking that it wasn't there. His, his, his basic point is very well taken and it's, it's obvious that if, if you have a book and you read it um, and you then go and see a film that was of that book, somebody took that novel and made a film out of it, same story, same characters, two different mediums, two different experiences, two different impacts. It doesn't make the film worse than the book. It doesn't make the book worse than the film. You can argue what's lost maybe in a film adaptation, but you could also argue what was gained in a visual adaptation. So he, he's saying, you know, that, that there's the mediums, there's just different mediums that have different impacts. And I think that's point well taken. He's got a lot of more other sophisticated things to say about what he means about how the medium interacts. He talks about hot and cold mediums and all kinds of things. He really gets into a, an awful lot of theory, but that's the gist of it. What I would say about social media is that um, social media has one of the marks of it in terms of its lack of neutrality is how it has worked its way into our lives in such a profound social way. I mean, hence the name. It reminds me of a, a little parable or story that Todd Gitlin uh, tells, um, in, uh, who's also a communications uh, theorist, uh, was he recently died. But Todd wrote, uh, gave this example or this story. He said, there was, he said, imagine there was a customs officer and in, 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 uh, every day this guy drove up to the customs, the, the border with, uh, in a truck. And this guy just knew he was smuggling. He just knew he was smuggling something. And so he'd search the truck and wouldn't find anything and have to let the guy go. And that began a process day after day, week after week, this guy would come to the border. The customs officer would stop him. Absolutely convinced he was smuggling. There were all these signs that maybe he was smuggling. He searched meticulously, could never find anything. Well, years went by and finally the customs officer was, was going to retire. It was his last day. The guy drove up in his truck and he said, listen, I know you've been smuggling all this time. And I've never been able to find anything. Today's my last day. I promise you, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to turn you in, but tell me what you've been smuggling. And he just looked at him and he said, trucks, oh, <laughs> the trucks he was driving. That was what he was smuggling. And uh, Gitlin's point was, is that, um, you know, media is smuggling the habit of living with media. Hmm. 
that's what's happening in our world. And that's especially true in social media. And I think another thing too, and this is something we can probably talk about more, but obviously the medium of social media, most of social media, I think um, the, how the medium has affected it is that it has changed how we communicate with each other and not always for the best. Hmm. Yeah, I guess what made me ask that question was, you know, I'm thinking of the kind of the business of social media, you know, that we may have our own intentions with it, you know, whether that's communicating with our friends or family or using it to, I don't know, communicate news or to sell things or something. Um, but then the people who run social media have their own kind of objectives as well. And it seems like if we're not intentional with the way that we want to use it, um, then it's easy to kind of be susceptible to the, I guess yeah. other, someone else's motivations. And so on that note, I'm interested, you named a couple of reasons why you particularly on social media, but I want to talk more generally about how a Christian might use it for what purpose. Yeah. I, I would actually go back to those three. If, if, if someone were to say to me, okay, I am a Christ follower and I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking at social media. Like, so, so what would the purpose be of getting on it? Mm -hmm. um, if I'm going to strip away little things like, you know, I get to connect with my friends or I get to see what somebody's recipe was or whatever you want to think about it. I would say it's the three things it, you want to go into it with the purpose of to lead as a leader, to influence as an influencer and to learn as a learner. That's, that's why you would go into it. That would be your purpose. And your learning would be very specific would be to study culture. Because it is a fascinating, just wide open door into thoughts and feelings and trends and 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 what's what people are talking about and how they're talking about it and what they believe and what they don't believe and what they value and don't value and and it's 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 a it's a for me as a student of culture uh, as one of the things I, I I don't know that I could not be on it unless it began to have adverse effects on me in some way that um, that became apparent but uh, it's 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 pretty significant for me in those three areas. Hmm. And I, I think that would be the purpose for a Christian. Sure. I want to step back for a second, because as we've been talking about social media, we're kind of using that in a generic term, but there are a lot of different platforms for social media and they function very differently from one yeah, another. Yeah. So would you say that all platforms are, you know, game or fertile for Christian use, or should there be some determining factors that help us to know which ones to engage and which ones not to? Well, I mean, unless it's, it's a particular medium is completely devoted to something that um, Christians have no business with, like pornography or something like that. Um, but as far as the basic platforms, I've seen all of them used effectively by Christians. I mean, Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and, and TikTok and Twitch and, and all of them used. Um, but they're all different it, it, when you're familiar with them. Twitch is more streaming of live content. That tends to be what got it going. Uh, Twitter is, is, as you know, very short little sound bites and breaking news and things of that nature. TikTok is largely dominated by reels. And um, something like Instagram started off more photos, but now it's become much more video driven. Um, and so uh, give an example of how these can be used. There's, there's a guy at Mac. Uh, I remember telling me that uh, he was he had a fairly significant following on Twitch, which is that streaming of live content. And it was people watching him doing something that he was good at. And so people would just dial in to watch and to learn what he was doing. And um, and what he would do is uh, then he would say to his followers, 
because it's kind of a social thing because people are joining you and watching what you're doing or watching something. And um, he said, well, I'm going to be watching Max online campus uh, this, this weekend. Why don't we, you all join me. I'm going to be watching this particular time and we'll all do it together. And he would have all these non-Christians that were following him on, on, on Twitch um, do that. And so just fun little ways where people can use it in, in a missional way, in a purposeful way. And, but I've seen every platform potentially used and used well. There's some people that are doing, uh, doing whole gospel presentations on TikTok through all these different short things, obviously, um, and, and tweeting different things. And, and so anyway, yeah, I've seen it used all over the place mm. and obviously for church promotion, things like that. I feel like if only it were always used that way, but unfortunately there's also a dark side to it too. And, you know, I, I've been thinking about, you know, when, when social media was new on the scene, like I remember it came out in college when I was a college student and it was meant for college students at the time. So um, I, it was just to connect, you know, for college students in that season of life. And so like when it was new on the scene, it was, it was easy for us to feign ignorance of, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what the long-term effects of this is? This is just new and it's fun and it's whatever, but enough enough years have gone by and enough studies have um done have been performed to show us that there are too many negative side effects of social media usage to to just overlook completely or to to think that they somehow are equal in value to their to its benefits um and that makes me wonder you know at what point does social media become unwise for anyone but particularly a christian it's a great question three or four things come to mind um and uh, the first one is one that I've given as counsel to any number of situations, not just social media, but uh, when you are influenced more than the influencer, that's, that's always a sign. You know, when you are, the, you, you just sense in your spirit, I've, I've stopped being the primary influencer here and I'm the one being influenced. That's, that's a red flag. I, I, would, I would check your spirit when it, when it affects your spirit in ways that are harmful meaning uh, you find yourself with having malice toward others or finding yourself growing in with envy and some of these sins of the spirit because of what you're exposing yourself to or seeing. And, 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 um, and, and I've heard, I've, I've heard many mature Christians just say, I just can't follow this person because of the, what it does to me. I can't, I can't see their feeds. I can't read their blogs. I can't, I can't listen to them and what they post because I either get so mad or I just get, or maybe I get envious or, or maybe I just, just uh, get frustrated or whatever. And that kind of leads to the next one. When you drop to um, a level where you join in toxic behavior and you find yourself using language or, 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 or um, you just have, you, you enter into uh, something toxic and you become part of the toxicity. Uh, and when, and another one is when you find yourself being infected and, and I know people don't know when this is happening all the time to them. I mean, no one's going to say, yes, I believe in conspiracy theories. People don't say that, but I, I wish, I wish we could somehow give someone a, a bell that went off so that they would know when they're being infected by falsehood when they're being infected by a conspiracy theory, when they're being infected by something that's simply not true. Um, and um, and uh, particularly because so many are increasingly getting their, their news from social media. Now, uh, as someone who's familiar with social media, that's, 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 that's terrifying. In fact, I just did a blog, we can link it in the show notes about how um, uh, for Generation Z, the number one source of their news is TikTok. Hmm. And that's their biggest search engine is TikTok. 
And when you're starting to use social media for your search engine, which is just to see what other people are saying about it. And, and that, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's that I'm probably more, I'm, I'm alarmed by two things more than anything, Alexis. I'm alarmed at how bad behavior can enter into someone, Christians even, and, and they, they behave badly online. And also how they open up a pipeline into their lives of falsehood. And, and um, they don't seem to know how to have discernment about that. Well, it seems to go back to what we kind of started the podcast with, which, which was how should a Christian use um, social media? And that was working with the presumption that someone who is a Christian is thinking that social media is a place where they need to act Christianly. But it seems like, unfortunately, we segment social media as like a kind of you take your Christian hat off and engage it in that way, which makes us a little bit more prone to some of these things that you mentioned. I've also heard time is a big factor for people with regards to knowing whether social media is healthy for them or not, like the amount of time that people yeah. can spend That's on a, it. Yeah, that would, that would be a good one too. Uh, it's starting to consume your life. Yeah. Now, um, before we get into some wise ways in which we can engage with social media, I would love your thoughts on um, just a few maybe more glaring ways or maybe not, they're not glaring. And that's why we need to talk about them, but ways that we need things that we might want to call out in terms of how Christians are using it in a way that's counterproductive for the Christian mission or for one's own spiritual yeah. growth. Oh no, I've, I've seen and read where Christians are behaving worse than non-Christians and their language and, and the, and hatred and bigotry and sarcasm and lovelessness and and a word that uh, rude and 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 just being snarky you know just being snarky and toward others and um, where they they just and 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 it's it's really terrible that two Christians are talking and there's often two Christians doing this to each other because they disagree about something and and so and and they're doing it in ways that you would never do to someone face to face that's another thing about social media. That is, I've seen that you'll you'll say things online because you feel hidden or you feel whatever, and you'll, you would never say that to somebody's face. Uh, so there's just a lack of civility and a lack of love and and a recklessness in what is posted. It's almost like some people's like they get online, and it's like they're 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 locking and loading their gun. They're like going to war. They're going to fight. They're going to they they've got they've already decided they're going to be sarcastic and nasty and snarky for anything that they disagree with or who disagrees with them. And they just kind of enter it that way. And it's just, that's just not the fruit of the spirit. And, um, and one of the, one of the disciplines is that you just say to yourself, okay, somebody just baited me. I'm not going to take the bait or I want so bad to jump onto this blog and, you know, in a reply, I'm just not going to do it. And if I find that this person continually almost like punches a button of mine, just don't follow them Just stop it. And, and, um, and, um, and, and, uh, and I think those are just wise disciplines. Mm. One of the many things that I appreciate about being on staff here at Mech is just how intentional you are about making us engage with culture in a way that is very thoughtful. And um, those of you listening may not know that almost annually, I would say, I don't, I think annually, I don't know if it's a, a, a part of your schedule or not, but you dedicate a staff meeting to social media use. Like how yeah, we have, we have, we have an annual meeting called yeah. how to do staff. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and a large and a part of that is how do you do social media as a staff person? Yes. And there are so uh, many helpful parts of that conversation. And I know we don't have time to do that whole meeting right now, but are there a couple of those points that you make yeah. with regards to social media that you'd want to share? Yeah. I always open up by saying, okay, here's the big two things. Don't post anything dumb. 
<laughs> <laughs> and leverage it for as much as you possibly can. But there, I, I do, there are three or four things though that I think are, are pretty important. Don't put anything out there that could undermine your reputation or uh, or the church's reputation for Christ-like character. So be really, really careful about this. I, I particularly I find our younger staff will kind of retweet or post. And, and they're not maybe thinking that it's, it's a little inappropriate or the website it took someone to wasn't particularly, you know, it's popular, but it's got some sketchy stuff on it. So you got to you got to look at it through that that lens and um, or they post something of them doing something that they feel a biblical freedom for. Let's just say they're at a brewery and they, they take a picture of them, you know, with a with a beer and they post it. Well, okay, I, I, I understand the biblical freedom to do that, and but you need to be careful that you don't post something that you're flaunting in a way that's just unwise, you know, and, and because people don't know maybe the context, you know, of that situation. Second, don't post anything that would um, undermine your maturity or the gravitas necessary for your leadership role. I remember a few years ago, I was talking to a, a, a young worship leader, and um, uh, and who had a Facebook uh, page or had a Facebook thing. And um, I mean, he hadn't looked on it in a long time. And when you did go look on it, they had a bunch of stuff on there he'd posted in middle school. Mm. And he was horrified because um, yeah, it was still on there. And I always tell staff, look, let me just tell you, people are going to Google you. They're going to see what you put on Twitter. They're going to see what you put on Facebook. Make sure that you get in there and you clean it up with anything that is uh, less than, you know, that you might have posted at 14, but you're 24 now and you're leading men and women, uh, obviously your age and older. And so um, when they look, you need to make sure that you're okay with what they see. A third thing is don't, and this is something that whenever I say this, it, 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 it's something that some people, I don't think they've thought. Don't retweet or link any person or source you're not 100% willing to endorse. Hmm. Someone might say, oh, no, but I, it was just the saying. I just liked that one saying. Hmm. That's not the way it works. If I retweet something, I'm not just retweeting that saying. I'm retweeting the source of that saying and the person. And in the minds of followers, they might say, think it validates or they might interest them. And then they start following that person. But that person may have a, some other stuff that's not so good that you don't want necessarily going into people's heads or you'd be horrified that you are the source for it. So um, are you willing to lift that person, that church, that ministry up? If not, no matter how much you may like that particular tweet of theirs, uh, don't risk infecting others. And the same is true with who you link to. If you can't 100% sign off on somebody's theology, practices, ministry, lifestyle, um, don't retweet them or link them in any way that might give tacit support. And the last thing I, I or not the last thing, but another thing that I'll say, but it'll be the last thing I offer here is I, I tell our staff, don't overdo it. Don't, don't overdo it on social media because there's several reasons. The, it, it, to the average busy person, um, it's going to make it seem like you're not working very hard. <laughs> you must have a lot of time on your hands to be doing all this kind of stuff. And even what I do, I, I, I have to use Hootsuite and do stuff in advance and things like that and, and because, you know, it is time consuming. Uh, and also, if you do an awful lot of it, you're just more prone to mistakes. Hmm. And, and uh, I, there's a verse that I like, Proverbs 10, 19, and I brought this with me because I want to make sure I quoted it right because it's such an important one. But in Proverbs 10, 19, it says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. And sometimes that's the best thing to do. And then also, I think that if you tweet too much, you just lose people's attention. I mean, you, you, um, I remember hearing, uh, my wife, actually, there was a, uh, person that she was following and she just said, I just had to stop following him because he was doing like 50 tweets a day. You know, like I'm going to the bathroom, I'm doing this, I'm walking over here. And she's like, you know, I just, <laughs> so, you know, out. yeah, you gotta be uh, discreet a little bit on that. Now. It's interesting as I'm hearing you talk, especially with that verse that you just shared and what you said, you said something at the beginning of the podcast that was related to this in terms of how social media has changed the way that we communicate, because so much of what you just said is like the same instruction that you would give someone or the Bible would give about our words and how we use them usually in a verbal way, you know, out Mm -hmm. loud, but you're using those same principles for words that don't even come out of our mouth, but are simply things that we type or text. And it's so interesting how divorced we think that those principles can be because we're not saying them out loud. And so you had mentioned that social media has changed the way we communicate. So I wanted to get your thoughts on, is that what you kind of were implying there? Yeah, I, I I just I'm really I'm really disturbed by how some people, for whatever reason, feel like with social media and then coupled with COVID, that somehow there was this new day, like a brand new ethic and a whole new way. Like now I can behave badly and I can be snarky and sarcastic and mean spirited and divisive and I can cast accusations and suspicions and all about this on my Christian brothers or sisters, you know, I can, I can, I can, I can just really rip a hole in somebody and, and, and move on. Like I've done nothing. None of the, none of the, the principles and practices of authentic Christian community and, and unity. Um, it's like, we just threw, threw them all out the window just because, Hey, COVID and all things with it. And Hey, social media. And all of a sudden I, you know, I can, I can behave really badly and, and, and go to bed at night and sleep. Mm. And so I, I don't, I don't, I don't get that, but I do, but I still think it's strategic for churches and leaders to, to use. I, I mean, it sounds like we're making a case to abandon it. I, I, I'd like to say, let's make a case for, for being good witnesses there and salt and light there, because I do think it's, it's critical. Um, you know, it's how the world communicates. It is, it's how the world informs and promotes and how it connects. It, it's, it's, it's it's why I think churches would be savvy to have social media accounts to communicate with people and to communicate their message and to and to interact with the you know the world. In the old days, um, you'd use direct mail and door to door and maybe put ads on the radio or newspaper. I mean, today it's it's email and it's Twitter and it's Instagram and it's Facebook and it's YouTube. So you know, if someone were to ask me, you know, uh, if why would this be strategic? you know, for a church, mm-hmm. I would say, listen, this is where the world lives. Mm-hmm. Everyone you're trying to reach is online. <laughs> I mean, everyone you're trying to reach is online and that's where you're going to reach them. And so um, we, we need to just learn how to navigate these waters with Christian civility and Christian maturity. Um, but realize this is, this is where the world is. And if we want to reach the world, we, we're going to have to go onto that Mars Hill and, and contend for the gospel. And even though it's a, it can be a, a wild place at times. Mm. I think that's a great way to end. I love that vision casting. So thank you. Thank you, Jim, for this conversation. And thank you um, for those of you who are listening. And we hope you'll join us again next week. 
Thank you for listening to this week's installment of the Church and Culture Podcast with Dr. James White. We hope it was not only informative, but challenging and the start to an ongoing conversation. To stay up to date with all the latest, check out the daily headline news and subscribe to the Church and Culture blog, all found at churchandculture.org. You can even keep up with Jim by following him on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at James Emery White. We hope you'll join us next week. Goodbye for now.